Welcome to Inspiring Wholeness, presented by Advent Health, in partnership with the Orlando Business Journal, featuring people who make Central Florida a better place to work, live, and play. In this episode, our topic is teamwork and leadership. Joining us, Brian Adams, President and CEO of Advent Health Central Florida Division, South Region. And special guest, Matt Karkner, head coach and general manager of the Orlando Solar Bears hockey team. Thanks to both of you for joining us, Brian. You recently moved back to Central Florida after leading Advent Health Hospitals in Polk County and Tampa for many years, a Florida city with a huge hockey fan base. You grew up with the sport, and now your son plays as well. How does it feel to see the sport's rising popularity here in the Sunshine State? The incredible growth that we've seen in hockey in Florida is remarkable. And being in Tampa almost 10 years, I've been able to see that grow and new rinks get built and us go to the point where there's 150 kids on the ice trying out for a team. And it's, uh, it's remarkable to see people fall in love with what is certainly my favorite sport. It's exciting. And Matt, you recently moved to Orlando to serve as head coach of the Solar Bears. What do you love most about your new hometown and Florida? Well, first of all, I haven't seen a snow shovel anywhere. That's fantastic. Honestly, coming down here, I had no expectations of what the hockey culture would be like. And uh, the first game I stepped on the bench at the Amway Center, just the support, the the atmosphere in that building was incredible. And now that I've gotten to be a, a part of the community, it's a pretty cool hockey community down here. And when you leave the rink, I'm leaving in flip-flops and shorts, beautiful beaches all around. And I think the people, uh, just getting to know some people around here, just fantastic people in Florida. So it's been a, a great change of venue and looking forward to this upcoming season for sure. That's great to hear. Brian, you started your career at Advent Health in the 2000s as a resident in the organization's graduate student program, and your first role outside of that program was as director in the Cancer Services Department. Today, you're leading Advent Health in the Metro Orlando area, the largest division in the company with over 30,000 employees. When you think back to your days as a resident and an emerging leader, what do you wish you knew about teamwork then that you know today? You will hear athletes say that occasionally the athlete can win a game, but it takes a team to win a championship. And I think early in your career, you believe that you can single-handedly win the championship. And uh, my greatest enjoyment in work and when we've achieved the most for our patients has been when we've built a team of individuals that trust each other, are passionate, and are driven to provide those outcomes and have a singular goal. And uh, so if I could have told my 20-year-old self something, it would be focus more on the team and what the team can accomplish together. Well, Matt, as a retired NHL star and now the coach of the Solar Bears, you know a thing or two about teamwork. We know that. But uh, you also wear a lot of hats. You're also the GM. You're a coach. Uh, When you transitioned from team player to coach, did your perspective of teamwork shift? And how did you and your increased responsibilities tie into that? It did. It totally shifted. As a player, you're just so I don't want to say it in a bad way, but you're selfish. You have to worry about your sleep, your nutrition, your practice, how you approach each day for yourself. And, you know, once I transitioned into the coaching world, 
that part of you has to take a side seat here and you have to focus on your team. You have to focus on your assistant coaches, your athletic trainer, your equipment manager, and just make sure that they're sending the right messages and that everyone's building that good culture in the room and that we're able to deliver our plan on the ice each and every day. So it's definitely a, a big adjustment, big change. But just like Brian said, it's a, it's a learning process. So you learn through some of the mistakes. I've definitely made some of those, and, uh, but it's been a, a good transition, that's for sure. You know, we've all heard the saying, a chain is only as strong as the weakest link. What both of you to address this and talk about the importance of building a strong team-focused culture? I'll start with that. And it is very true. You can have one player or one employee in your company or on your team stray, you know, and, and try to take some of them with them. And that becomes very problematic, especially when it comes down to crunch time, when you're relying on that person to perform in a specific manner. So if you have a few people that aren't bought in and aren't pulling in the right direction, it can cause a lot of problems. And that's our job to, to have that feel for it and to uh, make sure that we address it when we see those falling behind. You got to kind of pull them back in. And uh, that starts with leadership from the top down, employing the right people, having the right captain in place on a hockey team so that they figure that out and they keep that group together as best they can. Yeah, I think one of the things both Coach and I have in common is we end up setting goals for an organization that could only be achieved through teamwork. And so if you can inspire your team around that goal, then those that aren't aligned with that goal begin to show up mm -hmm. in a different way. And yep. so I think about the size of the vision and the goals we've had to be number one US News and World Report, to be Elite Frog A. We have these very big, audacious goals for our patients that one doctor, one nurse, certainly not one CEO can do alone. And so when people are bought into that larger goal, that's how you drive that teamwork. It's through the vision of them wanting to achieve something they can only achieve together. Well said. I like that. That was great. Well, you mentioned buy-in there too, and maybe follow up on that and talk about the importance of getting buy-in from your team members. And you know, what can you do as a leader to help encourage that? Just like Brian said, uh, having that vision, that goal is that's up there on our wall every day. We have a picture of the Kelly cup and, uh, that's our direction, right? So it starts with me addressing my assistant coaches and then it's got to spread through the team. And if they have that buy-in and they believe everything you're preaching, then you're going to see a cohesive group who are all working towards that ultimate goal. And for us, that's a championship. And again, like we said, if you pick out the ones that aren't following and, and aren't bought in fairly quickly when you have the majority on the same page, all with the same passion, the same confidence that they will achieve that goal. Yeah, there is a place in everyone's heart, I believe, that wants to be connected to a bigger purpose. And when you can tap into that purpose and tie the difficult things you're asking people to do to that purpose achievement. So I think about the amount of work and effort our team has to put in when it comes to delivering excellence in clinical outcomes. And there are a hundred steps in a process that have to go right for us to have the best mortality rate 
when it comes to neurosurgery and stroke. And that requires so many different steps. And there are times where that feels tedious for the team. And I know Coach deals with that too when it comes to training and diet and all those things he described. On the days where you're doing that hard work, if you're not connected to the purpose of what you're trying to achieve, it's really difficult to have people focused and motivated. And so our role in reminding people about that purpose when they're working through that stuff is really important. Yeah, there's that saying, there's no I in team, and it's a cliche because it's true, right? We use that a lot. And you know, you're both in the position here of advocating for the team, putting the team first, but you also have to make some very difficult decisions that might not be popular with individuals. How do you balance that? Well, for me, it's taking as much data as I can and making the decision for each individual person has their passions, they have their their drive. And then there's also the team as a whole, the organization. I try to take as much data as I can and decide how is this going to affect each individual? How is this going to affect the, uh, the team? And how is this going to affect the organization? And sometimes they don't all align, right? And, and uh, yep. it's not a perfect world, that's for sure. So at the end of the day, uh, I go with my gut, with my heart, and uh, I make the decision that I feel is the best for our team and our group. But again, you're going to have individuals who, uh, who definitely don't agree with you. We've had lots of tough conversations in my office. And that's the one part of the job I don't love. But you have to be quick and you have to be decisive. That's for sure. Yeah, I think for leaders, the purpose has to be more important than your own comfort. Because you have to recognize that for a leader, it's uncomfortable sometimes to deal with a low performer. And courage over comfort is a leadership principle that isn't just important at the top of organizations. You also need that out of every level of your management team. And that's part of our job is to inspire that and create safety to say, it's okay that it's difficult. It should be. When we're dealing with people, it should be difficult to make some of these hard decisions, but your vision has to be big enough that you're inspired to do courage over comfort on the hard days for you as a leader. And there are moments, and I'm sure coach, you experienced this, where leadership can feel lonely Mm -hmm. because there are big decisions that only you can make. And you have to have that courage over comfort. You know, the parallels between sports and business are really incredible when you think about it in both of your industries seconds matter whether it's a hockey game you know seconds melting away uh, trying to score that game-winning goal or life-saving measures when a patient is having a heart attack every second literally counts how have you built teams that succeed under these significant time constraints and tight deadlines because it's an incredible amount of pressure well, I just believe everything we've spoke on so far, it all leads to those big moments. We expect excellence and we want our employees, our other leaders to expect that excellence. And it's not something that you want to make as something that you're going to be uh, limited to. Excellence is, it should be fun to expect excellence. And you got to create the environment where you're going to nurture that, create the confidence, create the buy-in, create the teamwork that it takes when those moments arise that, hey, guys, we're going to go about our business and we're going to get it done. 
all those characteristics of leadership, teamwork, buy-in, that confidence that you need, it all comes at the right moment. That's kind of how I build my team, and I'm sure Brian has similar philosophies as well. Absolutely. You know, the same thing we do with our team, I try to do with my son, right? And that is you practice like you play. Because if you believe that when the game's on the line in the last minute, suddenly you'll be able to do something different than what you've rehearsed, that's actually not the way things work in sports or in business or in delivering life-saving care to patients. And so we actually rehearse with the team what happens when a patient walks in and says they have chest pain, how will we do this, who will do what, when will they do it, so that when you're on stage in that moment, right, whether it's the power play coach or the pull the goalie at the end, <laughs> right, or whether it's someone walks in or comes in with a stroke symptom, it has to be pre-orchestrated, pre-practiced, and then people will go into that, okay, it's, it's showtime, right? It's game time, but they've practiced like it was that whole time. And part of our role as leaders is to help them get to that intensity during the practice so that they show up in the game, whatever the definition of the game is, that way. And uh, that's an important role for leaders. Yeah, and I can't express how much I believe that your employees' role is much more important than what we do. Our sport is fun, and uh, to show up in those moments, I believe, it does totally translate, but I couldn't even imagine the, you know, when you're dealing with life and death versus, you know, scoring a goal. It's, it's just too, to me, uh, having the conversation, it's the same, same type of delivery, practice how you play. It, it does, it, it translates uh, universally for sure. Well, Coach, I can tell you as a fan that sometimes when you pull the goalie and there's 30 <laughs> seconds left, it feels life or death to me. But I certainly know that the work that our doctors and our nurses do connects in such a meaningful way that uh, we're thankful for the work that they do every day. And it's an honor for us to be partnered with someone like you and not only to care for your athletes, but also care for those that get to associate with the Advent Health brand through our partnership. No. And that's a big deal for us. So thank you for trusting Advent Health in that relationship. Well, absolutely. We're blessed to be uh, under such great care. Our players, we're in a league that our players from other teams, they don't get the same type of care. And uh, we actually have other players from other teams when they arrive come to see our doctors to get help. So it's a, it's a pretty big compliment, uh, you know, for us that we have this privilege of being under such great uh, care that's for sure brian i know you've talked uh, in the past about you know leading from the heart and you share this with your team could you talk about what that looks like and how you communicate that yeah everyone that comes to work i believe regardless of their job wants to be successful and they want to be in an environment where trust exists and trust begins with authenticity. And authenticity comes from leading from a place of passion and your heart, not from your head. So what we know is that when we as leaders are communicating with others, they're doing two things in their mind. They're deciding what do they think about what we said logically, and how do they feel about what we said? How do they connect with it emotionally? And 
I believe, and management studies would show you, leadership studies would show you that the emotional connection to purpose and why it matters to you is more important for people than agreeing with you logically, right? And we all know we should exercise eight days a week for 45 minutes, but it's the emotional connection to what's the purpose of that. It's because I wanna be around for my kids when they get married and when their kids play hockey so I can be the granddad at the rink. That's what wakes me up to exercise. It's way more motivating than a hundred studies, right? And that's what leading from the heart is about is people need to see you as an authentic individual who cares about what you're doing. And the great part is it's inside all of us as leaders. We just have to let our guard down enough to show it. Well put. I thought it was interesting earlier when both of you, you know, in terms of being an individual as a player and then being a leader as a coach or a manager, you talked about, hey, it's, you know, it's a bigger scope now. You've got to think of the whole team, but you still have to think about yourself, right? You still have to take care of yourself. So I'm curious what both of you do, you know, to bring your whole self to the table in this work environment where, you know, you're managing team or teams of individuals. How do you manage yourself? I set expectations for myself and my family. So my expectation when I'm at work is I'm going to give everything I have at work. And uh, I have to understand when I get home, my family has expectations of me as well. And I expect to be a good father, a good husband. So I set fairly, not super strict standards, but when I'm away from work, I'm fully immersed in my family and uh, their lives and making sure that they know that they're just as important as the work I'm doing with my team. So it's, for me, it's, it's setting those boundaries, if you will, and not letting you know, the agents call in the middle of dinner while we're, we're having our family moment, right? And then knowing when to just shut my phone down. And I can't imagine for you, you get that opportunity in the industry you're in, it's a little bit more severe to, to be on call, but you just have to be, like you said, be authentic and be there, be present for your family, be present for your team. And it, it kind of all just works well into one. Yeah, I will admit to maybe not having the same discipline coach does in this space. You know, my quick answer is I go to a rink where my cell phone doesn't work as well. <laughs> so w one of my favorite moments is actually going to the rink, watching my son train, hearing the sound of the skates, the sticks, the pucks, and just being able to be fully present for something else. Yeah. Because as a leader, it is hard sometimes to put things away when you come home. Mm -hmm. And so for me to find kind of an immersive environment, the other thing I've had to learn over time is that as a leader, if you are constantly available and you are always involved, you rob others of the chance to lead. And so there are moments where I step back, not just because I need that moment to recenter and be ready, but it leaves space for my team to lean in and lead. And that's how they grow and stretch. And so, you know, neither of us want our organizations to be about us. We want it to be about the team and what that team can accomplish together. And so that gives me some peace as well. Um, when I'm able to step back and say, I can support a member of my team to be successful here 
which can take some of that tension off me and give me that breather I need to be ready to do things only I can do. It takes a, an incredible amount of trust too, and that mm -hmm. letting someone else take control it is challenging at times, but it's definitely necessary. So, and I love that your escape is the rink because that's the same thing for me. It's I'm a coach. I'm at the rink all the time, but my favorite time is being with my family at the rink. Well, you're both highly effective leaders, and you've both talked about family and your kids. So maybe expand on that. You're both dads here. What do you think is the most important example? your setting for your children by the way you coach your respective teams? That's a good one because you're 100% right. My kids don't miss a thing. If I say the wrong thing, I'm going to hear about it. That's for sure on the bench. If I make the wrong call when we're pulling the goalie, my son will be the first one. Dad, what, what were you thinking? Why were you, <laughs> you pulled the goalie with three minutes left? Well, we're down two goals, son. I thought it was the right play and, and all that. But what I just want to uh, demonstrate to my kids and my family is just my integrity, right? I want them to see that no matter what influences come my way, I'm going to make the right decisions that, you know, hold true to my values and that they can see that I, I do have a set of standards that I'm not willing to cross. My values and my integrity are, are something that I care tremendously about and it's not going to be influenced easily to uh, go the other way. So if they see me behaving, uh, a little crazy on the bench at times. I'm okay with that as long as it's coming from the right place, the heart. Uh, I'm trying to uh, inspire my team, maybe wake them up after a couple of bad shifts. But for me, it's, it's just setting that example of having that integrity, being authentic and, and honest to them for sure. Yeah, those are powerful things. You know, I am the first person in my family to go to college certainly the first person to end up in an executive career type track. But my kids only know dad as a CEO because by the time they were born, I was in that position. And so for me, it's really important that they see me as a servant leader who is less interested in position and power and the benefits of those pieces but is passionate about making sure that our team has the tools they need to do their job because servant leadership returns in every area of life. And so that's something that I'm very intentional with my kids when I come home and talk about what I do at work. It's about how what I do impacts the lives of others so that they can then change the outcomes for patients. Because I want my kids to have the same opportunity I did, where I woke up every day and my dad went to work and he worked hard and he taught me those values. And there are times where that's hard for a leader to teach their kids. And so trying to teach my kids servant leadership as part of that is a big deal to me. Matt, it's pretty cool. You and your family established a youth hockey team for kids with special needs in Ottawa, it's part of a whole league of fully inclusive, adapted hockey teams to give kids who might not otherwise have the chance to play an opportunity to get out there and hit the ice. How did this start, and what does it mean for you to watch these kids play the game that you all love? It's a really cool part of our lives. It's, my whole family has been involved. So uh, really, we, you talk about servant leadership. My father was a very hardworking man, and, and uh, always him and my mother both preached, you know, give back. Like, give back anywhere you can. You have to help your community make it a better place. And uh, 
to be quite honest with you, through my career, I tried to do that in every stop. So when I landed in Ottawa, I didn't really have, you know, I didn't have a charitable organization that I wanted to deal with, but I did get in contact with a minister by the name of Jim Perkins, who's the head of this. So he mentioned the idea to me. I was playing for the Ottawa Senators. I had a little bit of a platform, right? So uh, I got involved, and I'm telling you, you talk about going to volunteer and getting way more back than you give it mm. those kids are so passionate about the game and i fell in love with it just because you stepped on the ice and you felt like a kid again you know every goal they're celebrating like it was the stanley cup game winning goal and uh you know they come up to you give you big hugs and and just love that you're there so once i got my family involved they fell in love with it as well and that organization grew from 30 kids who never had the ability to play and then all the other kids realize hey we can be hockey players now wow. and it grew to i think about 260 kids within two years and now there's a waiting list so an american special hockey association uh, i've been a part of it's they have teams all over the country and it's such a great uh, organization to allow these kids to live out their dreams they get to live out their dreams every time they step on the ice and it's uh, it's pretty fantastic to see that's pretty special Final question for both of you, and uh, Matt, why don't we start with you? What inspires you to feel whole? Oh, to feel whole. You know what? The inspiring thing for me to feel whole, we all have that vision of winning a championship. That's the one thing that I have not done. So right now, I feel whole as in my family, my friends. I'm able to be a part of a team and lead them in the right direction. So to see them accomplish some of their individual goals makes me feel a little bit more whole, but I will feel ultimately whole when we, you know, raise that cup over our heads. And that's the one thing I always hear about players and coaches who are on that journey. It's once you win it, there's this feeling that you cannot replicate anywhere. And uh, not to say that I don't feel whole, but that would uh, make it, (laughs) make it definitely feel whole. And Brian, how about you? You know, there is an incredible benefit in getting to work and share that work with your passion. And you just heard it from coach. And I feel the same way because the faith-based background that I have the chance to lean into of extending Christ healing ministry at Advent Health is something that connects to me very personally. And it's really meaningful to me. So the ability to come to work every day and know that you can support a team who helps individuals feel whole both spiritually as well as physically is a big deal. I believe in our care model that people are more than their illness and our ability to care for them in that way, that's what makes me excited. I'm most excited when I walk through a hospital and I see a caregiver caring for a patient than I am in a boardroom. And so that for me, that alignment of my own personal mission and the organization's mission is what gets me up and gets me excited, even on the hardest days. So it's an honor to serve. Enjoyed the conversation. Thanks to both of you for joining us. Thank you very much. And thank you, Coach. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for any professional advice or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The views expressed by our guests are their own. 
Their participation in this podcast does not imply an endorsement by them or any entity they represent.